When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Real quick before we get started, I, this is a quick uh, message for those of you guys that are listening, exclusive to those of you guys that are listening out there in the podcast world. First of all, I want to say thank you. Uh, unfortunately, you guys don't get as much attention because a lot of pad- podcast platforms, uh, they, they, they don't have you know comment systems or other ways to interact with, with listeners uh, quite as much as, as YouTube, which is where I get kind of you know the bulk of, of my, my uh, listens or, or clicks or whatever you want to call it on the internet. Uh, plus, there's just a lot of different podcast platforms that, I, that I'm heard on. I, I think the majority of my, my listens come through iTunes, uh, but there's many other ones out there that you might be listening to to uh, right now. So first of all, I want to say thank you. Second of all, uh, there was one video that you guys missed, one podcast, whatever you want to call it. It's so awkward for me because I get my start on YouTube and then I branch out to, to, to podcasts. But, but a lot of my stuff is more podcast oriented. A lot of it's audio recording. So I have to say video slash podcast all the time. But anyways... There's one that you missed uh, uh, very recently. It was a, a short three-something minute video, three minutes and like uh, some seconds video. And, and it was basically about a new bar that, uh, that is being released for Silver Fortune. Um, so so check it out if, if you're into Horde Silver. If not, well, we'll, we'll get on with the program here. Um, but I thought you might want to check that out. And there's also some great pictures in that video of, of my own uh, silver stack. But uh, check that out. Otherwise, uh, let's get started. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So this video topic today was suggested by Bob Wolf in a comment the other day. And and what we'll be talking about here is a pair of bills, actually, that, that are moving through the House of Representatives within the state of Arizona in the state of Wyoming. So at the state level, not at the national level. And, you know, as it says here, this bill would expand the use of gold and silver uh, as a foundation to undermine Fed's monopoly on money. Now, as some of you guys remember, many different states over the last couple of years, including Arizona, has has passed some pro-precious metals uh, bills. A uh, good example would be the removal of things like capital gains tax on silver and gold uh, for for you know investors or for holders of those assets. But this one uh, I, I found very interesting. I thought it was a very prudent bill. Um, and, and we'll be kind of talking about you know what direction this, these will be heading and, and do they have a chance here. But basically, this bill would require the state to diversify some of its financial holdings into gold and silver. So what we're talking about here is it's called the Sound Money Stabilization Act. You can look it up in Arizona, HB 2500 and Wyoming, very similar. Uh, now, now, the reason I'm not going to be talking about Wyoming as much is because it went to committee and it was voted down. So I don't know what hope it has in this session, but uh, HB 174 or HB 0174, if you want to find it better in their search uh, program. But anyways, um, the Sound Money Stabilization Act, uh, it would require the state to hold at least 10% of its buds, funds in the Budget Stabilization Fund in specie. That's not a word that we use very often. We basically refine gold or silver bullion graded at least 4.9 pure. 
basically coins that have precious metals content or fine gold or silver bullion that is stamped with its weight and purity and valued primarily on its metal content. So we're not talking numismatics here. We're, we're talking uh, bars and, and, and coins and whatnot that are, that are well, bullion, basically. Uh, and that these would have to be held in a secured depository. Now, now as it says here, the Arizona's budget, budget stabilization fund has almost uh, half a billion in, in assets currently invested in debt instruments. So we're talking, uh, that, that could be a variety of things, corporate debt, municipal bonds. It could be uh, treasure, U.S. Treasury bonds and the stock market. Uh, and, and, and the point of, of at least a part of why this is being proposed, uh, as, as discussed here by, by our friends over at the Sound Money Defense League, is that gold and silver do not have the default or inflation risks that bonds and other fixed income investments carry. Most importantly, physical gold and silver held in a depository carry no counterparty risk or risk of failure or default, unlike stocks, bonds, and other financial assets. That's J.P. Cortez from the Sound Money Defense League. Uh, so it makes a lot of sense to me, right? If you if if you have a budget stabilization fund, then you want some sort of a stable asset in there. Whereas, you know, this is something we discuss time and time again, whether we're talking about 401ks, IRAs, uh, pension funds, that's a big one. They, they invest heavily in debt instruments and the stock market. And, and the stock market is... is to some extent, people expect it to be volatile, but but debt instruments absolutely can be volatile too. I mean, defaults happen. Now, U.S. Treasury bonds, maybe not. We'll we'll talk about that here in a second. But but corporate bonds, municipal bonds, yeah, defaults happen on those types of things. And 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 of course, U.S. Treasury debt, maybe a default's never going to happen on that. Couldn't say for sure. But if it doesn't happen. You know, if you're holding a 10-year or 30-year bond or something like that, uh, the, the risk that you have is that whatever yield you, you basically have it at 2%, 3%, you know, wh- whenever you happen to buy it, uh, the big risk is that over the length of that bond, uh, inflation is going to outpace that yield and, and you're actually going to lose money on it, lose purchasing power on it. Um, silver and gold make a ton of sense. Uh, and then, you know, they also talk about you know the the 2017 bill that that I just discussed the the repeal of state ga- uh, capital gains taxes on gold and silver um, quote what the IRS has figured out at the federal level is to target inflation as a gain they call it capital gains he noted that the bill would help Arizona residents protect their conversion of one kind of currency for another and they bring up a really great point here currency competition this is something that I don't talk about a ton here on this channel, but but it's certainly, I think, uh, like on my wish list of, of things that I want, like my, part of my solution to, to things like fiat money and, and central banking and whatnot is more of a level playing field for currency competition. Do I think that fiat should not exist or that that uh, whatever, the, the Federal Reserve note shouldn't exist? Well, you know, in the case of Federal Reserve note, I think there's a case to be made that it's totally unconstitutional. But fiat as a whole, sure, it, it can it can exist, right? But what I want to see is competition here. And so you have uh, uh, governments with, with their countless you know, fiat currencies. Well, 
what what could potentially compete against that on a more level playing field? Obviously, you have silver and gold. You have cryptocurrencies. You have uh, additional, uh, maybe silver or gold-backed currencies that could be issued by states. They could be issued by cities. They could be issued by banks. I mean, that's something that occurred back in the day. Banks had their own individual currencies. And, and yeah, maybe it's not as pretty on the surface, but I don't like this, as they're talking about in here, this monopoly of uh, currency by, by the Federal Reserve. You, you have to, it's legal tender. Right, you have to uh, basically accept it as payment, and also, you know, the other big bonus that it has is well, it's what the U.S. government uses, and it's what we have to pay taxes in, right? Uh, and of course, you know, you know, beyond that, things like trade, international trade, and whatnot. The dollar is is used quite a bit for that, and and in foreign currency reserves and whatnot. Uh, it has a lot of things going for it, and yet, if you had uh, better competition, I mean, you you see it overseas. Uh, central banks like China, Russia, uh, w- when when they're given the choice, yeah, they still own U.S. bonds, U.S. dollars, and and Russia's actually been been diversifying out of those certainly more than China has, but they've also been buying gold, they've been stacking a ton of gold, right? Um, so so why not have states do the same thing? Uh, you know, going on here, we're talking about uh, this is constitutional tender expert Professor William Green. That'd be a great guy to have on. I should look him up and see if I can get him on for an interview. But he's talking about here, if, if you have a lot of states take this this action towards using silver and gold more for whatever it is, uh, budget stabilization or for some sort of legal tender or something, it has a reverse Gresham's effect. Of course, Gresham's effect is where uh, bad currency drives good currency out of circulation because people want to get rid of the bad currency and, and spend it, but they want to keep the good. And so it, so it goes out of circulation because people hoard it, right? Um, j- just like it, when, when, when uh, silver coinage uh, no longer was minted by the U.S., the, the dimes and the quarters and the half dollars, et cetera, half full dollars, uh, beginning in, in what, 1965, I think was the first year that they didn't do that. And so what you had is you had people hoarding the silver. And instead, they they would wait until they had some 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 uh what a clad coins or, or non-silver coins, dimes, quarters, etc. They'd spend those, but if they found the the pre-1965, they would hoard those. Well, if you have enough states doing this, what he's talking about is a reverse Gresham's effect where people stop using the bad currency and they start switching to the good currency that that states uh, actually become a, 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 a hotspot for economic activity and stability, a flow of real wealth towards the state's treasury, influx of banking business from outside of the state uh, as, as people in other states carry out their desire to bank with sound money, um, an eventual outcry against the use of Federal Reserve notes for any transactions. And this is, uh, this is you know, just one of many, I guess, routes, one of many fronts against fiat currency. I mean, you yourself, if you're a stacker, silver and gold owner, you're on your own front. You're, you're divesting out of the system, out of fiat by buying silver and gold, right? You traded that for silver and gold uh, that you choose to hold in your own possession rather than keep it in a bank or, or buy some, some bonds or stock or whatever. Um, and you're part of that. And then you have things like central banks overseas buying uh, uh, choosing to, to maybe sell U.S. Treasury bonds, dollars, etc., and, and buy uh, gold. And, and, and there's many other examples of, of these types of things taking place. Now, in the whole scheme of things, this, this anti-dollar or anti-fiat movement, 
Um, Arizona is plays a pretty small role. Again, five hundred million and almost five hundred million in their uh, budget stabilization fund. We're talking fifty million into silver and gold. That's not a huge amount of money when you look at the entire size of the silver and gold markets. And yet, it's a start, right? It's a start, and I think it's a move in a positive direction. Now, as I said, Wyoming. If you look at the Wyoming uh, for 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 um, their bill, which is very similar. Uh, you, you'll find that there was a vote on it in their appropriations uh, committee, and it failed seven to nothing. Okay, um, but then if you go to Arizona, you can find that it looks like it was assigned to three different uh, committees: uh, government something committee, government committee, appropriations committee, and the rules committee. So uh, no action yet. We'll see um, how this goes. If you are a Arizona resident. Uh, I, I know at least one of my viewers is uh, one of my uh, uh, longtime supporters uh, is from Arizona. Um, talk to your uh, if if they are on any of these committees, uh, shoot them an email and, and, and talk about why this is important. Um, we'll see where this goes. Uh, it might not pass this time around, but it's moving in that direction. And and a weaker and weaker fiat currency, I think, will only increase the appetite for for silver and gold at the investment level, but also at at the governmental level because it, it makes sense. It's what better fund to have in your budget stabilization fund? What what better asset than silver and gold? So. I hope you enjoyed this video. I hope this is educational. Um, I didn't want to just give you guys a report on this. I want to go above and beyond and talk about uh, kind of some of the underlying issues as to why they're, they're, they're introducing these in the first place and why it's important to understand this. So as always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, listening to this podcast, and God bless.